0: Hey guys, it's Rahimba. Welcome back to the channel. If you're new to the channel, smash the subscribe button because I talk about property investment, personal development, and how to gain financial freedom. In this video, I'm going to share with you the recent changes on leasehold property, the reform that the government has introduced in 2023. So I'm going to talk to you about what leasehold is, who controls the leasehold property, what are the costs that are involved, how long is the lease, and obviously what the government said about it and what you could do to mitigate any risk and obviously take advantage of the opportunity as well. This video is really, really helpful if you're looking to invest in properties, not just buying houses, but maybe you want to start looking at buying apartments as well. So if you do, this video is for you because it gets you to learn and understand exactly what you need to look for before you buy any apartment. So let's get to it. So before we get going, it's important for us to understand what leasehold is. So what is leasehold property? in essence, is a process by, by which an investor would buy a property, an apartment, in a, in a block of buildings that got different, different apartments, that they've got the right to stay in that apartment during their lease period. So once the lease expires, then the owner of the land where that building sits, then assume ownership of that specific apartment. So in essence, that's what they're saying. So in the UK, mainly, England and Wales, right? There are so many leasehold properties. I think Scotland abolished this few years ago, but in, in, in England and Wales, they still have leasehold properties, properties that have been leased where the owner do not own the land, but own the property where the land sits on. So obviously with that, and it, comes to, it comes with so many legislations and so many rules and regulations around it, which is deterring people to kind of buy properties like that. Let's look at who controls, um, who have power over the other, either the leaseholder or the leasee. So well, they, have, they all have their distinct powers. Right. For example, the leaseholder who has power to live in that property, that, that apartment will there be their home and their apartment, they have the legal right to control that apartment, take a mortgage on it and do whatever they want to do within, within the um, property. However, the freeholder who is the leasee, the owner of the land, kind of got a bit of power over the leaseholders. Why? It's because they own the land and where the property sits, is belongs to them. So, in essence, whatever the leaseholder wants to do in their apartment, they need to consent the leasee, who is the freeholder. Suppose you want to renovate the property, you'd have to ask permission from the freeholder in order to be able to do the work. And usually the freeholder has a designated company that looks after that building. It could be a management agent, for example. That management agent, you'd have to contact them, say, hey, management agent, I'm looking to do XYZ in this property. You know, I'm doing it this date, into that date. Could you kindly let other people know or let the freeholder know? It's not like they're going to stop you from it, but they have control and power to say no. Perhaps it's going to disturb the neighbours or they're going to find a reason to say no, okay, if they wanted to, which is rare for, the, for them to do it, but they've got the power to say no. And the freeholder also could not extend your lease, for example. Suppose your lease is about to run out, they can turn around and say, Pro- probably we know." Although there's some legislations that really give them minimal opportunity to stop there, but they could turn around and say no. So in essence, if you're a leaseholder, you've got the power, but not overarching power. The, the freeholder who is the leasing would always override your powers. And then obviously, that also involves some costs that you'd have to pay. Suppose you buy that Apartment, in a, in a normal house, you only pay your mortgage and perhaps your building insurance, okay? That is your main core cost which you'd have to pay, okay? If you own a property in the UK. In contrast to apartment, there are some costs also involved. The first cost that, that, that involved which affect all properties, obviously, is your mortgage. You do have to pay your mortgage to your lenders, your interest to your, to your lenders, okay? But when it comes to leasehold properties, You also have other costs on top of your interest or repayment that you pay when you've bought the property. The first cost that involves is what we call the ground rent. The ground rent is the rent you pay to the owner of the land. The person who owns the land literally asks you to pay rent for having your property sitting on their land. That's what we call ground rent. And the caveat behind ground rent is kind of cheap. Okay, it's not an expense. Maybe hundred pounds or two hundred pounds or maybe even five hundred pounds a year. I've seen somewhere some some properties where the ground rent is about two thousand pounds a year. But the caveat behind it, there are some leaseholders get into contract with the freeholder where the ground rent doubles every couple of years or every five years, for example. I saw a property in Newcastle about two years ago. The investor or the owner of that property was really struggling to sell the property because there is a clause that says the ground rent doubles every five years. So obviously his ground rent was about 2,500, and it was about to expire in about a year's time. So obviously in a year's time, that ground rent doubles to 5,000 pounds a year. Okay? For five years. And in the next five years, that £5,000 also doubles. Then it goes to £10,000. And over five years, you're talking about £15,000. So then it becomes expensive, more expensive, and more expensive, and more expensive. That's what ground rent is basically. And that's what may happen if you were to buy a property that is a leasehold property. And the second charge is what we call service charge. Service charge is basically looking after the property um uh, stuff like that for um uh, during the during your your channel there so should they need to do anything with the property maybe the the um, roof or stuff like that, and your service charge usually also includes your insurance so again that, that that's another separate cost to pay if you bought a leasehold property and the next cost, which again is <laughs> a double warming here okay, is what we call the maintenance cost okay. So the management company will charge you maintenance cost. So what is maintenance cost? They will say, okay, in case something broke on the stairs, repairs and maintenance basically, that's normal. They will charge you for that, right? They will charge all the tenants, well, all the leaseholders in that building, a maintenance, okay? So obviously with your service charge, also you've got your management fees there to pay as, as well. So you're talking about the outside of the building, you're talking about the exterior here. The other maintenance you incur as a landlord or the owner of the property is to maintain within the apartment. Suppose your door is broken, the kitchen isn't working, the tap is not working, or something happened with the boiler, something happened with your central heating. That's another maintenance that you need to incur, you the owner of that apartment. Okay, so in essence you've got two maintenance costs there. You've got the external maintenance and obviously you've got the internal maintenance right so if you bought the property for an investment you see how you can eat into your profit because obviously it's it's just too much of a cost to get you going for that deal to sometimes make profitable to be profitable for you so these are the costs that involve some of the costs that 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 involve because Each and every leasehold is different, okay? Some costs are more expensive, some has more costs, some also have some hidden costs. For example, some of the leasehold properties will not allow you to do short-term let. If you ever want to do short-term let, they can either charge you to allow you to do that or they can prohibit you from doing it. So in essence, you, the leaseholder, do not really have control. Again, these are the things that you you may not find out when you're buying the property because it's in the little blueprint. And if you don't read it or your solicitor do not advise you about it, or you do not warn your solicitor to look if this thing applies to that specific property that you're buying, you may buy that property with the intention to do it as a service documentation, only to find out you really can't because you're not allowed to do it. And then it causes you a massive burden. So once that causes you a massive burden, guess what? You'll look to sell. And then, obviously, we all know what happened with um Grandfell Tower, this, this, this cladding issues, and all that sort of thing. And uh, normally, in the in the UK, mainly England and Wales, your lease years is kind of maybe um, one hundred and twenty five to nine hundred and ninety nine years. Okay, but you rarely find nine hundred and ninety nine years because, to be honest, it's it's, it's useless. Right, the most valuable years is about one hundred twenty-five years, because obviously one hundred twenty-five years lease doesn't make any difference to nine hundred ninety-nine lease years lease, because it doesn't really quantify, it doesn't make any substantial difference, maybe hundred pounds or so. But basically, that's what you can get for having. A leasehold property. And the other downside of, of, of buying a leasehold property also, because you've got these um, lease years, the lesser the lease, the lesser the value of your properties in most cases. Because obviously, if you've got 125 years and the lease has gone down to 80 years, for example, the property value will not just go down in value, you'd also struggle to get lenders. Because what the lender will want, they want you to increase the lease to at least 100 years or 125 years in order for them to be happy to lend you their money on that property. So these are the caveats behind buying a leasehold properties or maybe living in a leasehold property. So what the government is doing now, they're saying, okay, this is not fair to the homeowners. This is going to cause lots of problems and people are not investing in leasehold properties already and and the government knows they have lots of foreign investment buying apartments and flats. So obviously I don't know who lobbies them. And then for whatever reason, then they want to change that process in order to make it easier for people to start buying leasehold properties. So what are the changes? So to reform and make all these changes, the government incorporated this in the King's speech. So the King's speech last month outlined reform to leasehold, including extending the standard lease extension from 90 years to 990 years with zero ground rent. So Michael Gove then claimed, obviously this will become cheaper and easier for existing leaseholders in houses and flats to extend their leases. Because what happened basically, when you're extending your lease, you get hit by a cost. Lease extension is not cheap. You're talking about fifteen to £25,000 pounds to extend your lease. So what the government is saying, okay now, for the people that are struggling, because I think they may have looked at and realised that so many leases are about to expire. So if they leave that hanging, it will cause a financial crash. So what they're saying now basically, if you own a 90 years lease and you want to extend it to 990 years, you should be able to extend it with zero ground rents paid. So basically they want to abolish ground rents because they, they have they, they have realised actually it is a ripoff. So they, they, they're hoping to kind of um, uh, enable people to be able to renew their leases without worrying about paying ten, fifteen or maybe twenty five thousand pounds. So the government is kind of trying to save a bit of money for the leaseholders there, so it's all good to tell um, uh, homeowners that or leaseholders that oh we're gonna we're gonna we're going to ensure that you don't pay for your extension anymore, ground rent is gonna be zero, so um, all that good trying to help them. I understand, I get that, but there is a caveat to this. If if you remember, the government tried to introduce something to help the housing market where there's a stamp duty would be free. Right, so what what that causes at that time? I think this was just during COVID. Is that the stamp duty that investors or homeowners were saving because there's so many people buying properties that it increases the value of the properties. So that three thousand or four thousand pounds you would have saved on your stamp duty actually has caused the property that you would have bought for hundred thousand gone up by hundred and twenty thousand pounds because what that what it forces the value because when there are more buyers than their supply guess what, the value goes up. So then the people that were thinking that they're saving on stamp duty, they're not really saving because the property that they were bought 100000 is not worth 120000 So in essence, they're spending more money basically because obviously the, the property has gone up in value. This is what I fear that would happen to the leasehold property market. Because what would happen now, if the government abolish the ground rent and or maybe abolish the whole leasehold thing, no more leasehold like Scotland, what would happen, basically, apartment prices will go through the roof. When apartment, goes, when apartment prices goes through the roof, it becomes unaffordable for the actual people that the government were trying to help. So it is counterproductive, okay? It is counterproductive, and obviously, what would that also happen, because entrepreneurs, business people, always would have to make profit, right? So what would happen, instead of charging ground rent, guess what, they would increase their service charge. So if the service charge was about 1,500 pounds a year, guess what, they will find the equivalent amount that they would have paid for ground rent and add it on top of service charge. So if service charge is 1,500, they may increase it to about 2,500. So that way also, you're not actually saving. Is that making sense? Because they are taking that ground rent away only for the service charge and property prices to go up. And guess what, maintenance charges would also go up as well because they would know there's lots of demand, less supply. Everybody, all the entrepreneurs, all the business, because obviously they're they are there to make profit. I don't really want you to blame them. But what they will do, they will take advantage of it. That's what happened to the property market when the when the government introduced free stamp duty, right? Property price went skyrocket, right? The people that, that were trying to save did not save anything. So I wonder if that's not what's going to happen with the leasehold property market as well. You're going to see apartment that worth probably... £150,000, maybe going for hundred and seventy or £180,000 because lots of people are going to start buying. Once they start buying, then obviously the apartments becomes very, very expensive. So you may be asking, "What? what is the alternative? What can I do to avoid things like that? So what I would advise you to do, again, I'm advising you based on my experience. Do not take the advice. It's just, just sharing um, uh, on what I may do if I was in a similar position or if I was about to buy a leasehold property. So the first thing I, I, I would consider in that case is become vigilant, right? Is to look at my figures, is to look at my due diligence to say, okay, am I, do I really, am I really buying the property at discount? Is this property really for me, right? Does it give me the return I'm looking for this? I'm looking at an investor perspective here, right? If you're buying it to live on, again, consider the cost that goes with it. Your service charge, your maintenance costs. Bearing in mind, you've got two maintenance costs, right? You've got the external maintenance and the maintenance to maintain your own apartment. And then consider the the, uh, management fees as well. See if that is something that you really want to incur. If I'm in that position, I don't go, I I wouldn't bother myself buying an apartment. Because I don't want to bother myself with all these problems, I would go and buy myself a freehold property that I own outright, I own the land, I own the property, I'm not going to pay any service charge, no maintenance charge, and I'm not going to pay anything to run my property apart from my mortgage, my insurance, and my normal maintenance costs. So my advice, if I was in that position basically, is to actually go and look for freehold property. Whilst everybody's fighting, bitching about apartment, I'm going on buying my freehold properties, do them up nicely, and then obviously rent them out or maybe live in it if you want to live in it. But if, if it's an investment, and the beauty about buying properties also, which are houses, you can force the value, you can manipulate the value by extending it up, sideways, backwards. You can kind of manipulate the end value in order to get better return on your investment. So I really hope this video has been helpful and you understand well what, what list all this or it has kind of shining a light on what decisions to make in order to start investing in property. If you like this video enough, my videos hit the like button below subscribe to my channel for more amazing videos. I look forward to sharing next video. Thank you. That's all for today and thanks to our guests for sharing their property investment journey with us. It has been a truly inspirational story to me, and I hope it has been an inspiration to you too to take a leap of faith to start or scale your property investment adventure. In the meantime, if you would like to share your investment journey, I have made it really easy. Just go to rahimbad.com forward slash guest, fill out a short questionnaire to sign up, and we will get in touch. Whilst you're there, sign up for my monthly newsletter to get your property investment news and updates. Or connect with me in Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Rahimba, and TikTok, Rahimba101. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to smash the like button and leave me a review wherever you're listening or watching from. I shall see you next time.